And if you add the 50,000 from these banks, local banks that have given us, we're at right now, we're at the $1.5 million mark for money, for training, for equipment that uh, doesn't have to be uh, spent by the local taxpayer. Sure. And, uh, and I just am so proud of that. Yeah. They're proud that they're coming in here in 2022. You just don't hear this all the time. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial, in the car or at home, 102.9, here in studio today, for the first time in a bit, with, with our Chief McLaughlin from the Fire Department. Chief, I know we've talked about doing this for a while, and we both had the same feeling that, you know, we don't want to create <laughs> because the last time we were here... We could shut down right after. We certainly did. It, 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 I can't believe it. It's been that long. Uh, thanks for having me again. If something catastrophic happens after today's recording, I know I won't be invited back here again. But it's uh, it's really uh, it's great to be back here. And I got the opportunity of listening to that tape um, from March of 2020, and it was really neat. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to stop, reflect. And think about what we as a department have accomplished. And I, uh, sometimes we don't do that. We get caught up in the day-to-day work environment with COVID and um, the life in general. It just gave me the opportunity, uh, listening to that, that we were talking at that time about a reorganization we were hoping for in July of 2020. In March, we just went to class two with the ISO. We talked about what we wanted to do with grants and also our public outreach. And today, almost three years later from that recording, it seems like uh, tick, a lot tick, has tick. happened. A lot has happened, <laughs> for sure. Well, and uh, even at that time, you had already been here just, what, July, and we were in March. About nine you months. had already had a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you were leading to. These yeah. things are happening. These things are happening. Now, three years later, you still have a bunch going on. So yeah. for the listeners, clearly in the link, We'll have the one. So if you want to go back and listen, it's still good. There's a lot of good things there, um, but we'll update. There's what what did really happen in the three years? Yeah, I wanted to work hard right out of the gate because I didn't know how long Jamie was going to give me for probation. <laughs> so I wanted to work out hard for that. But uh, we uh, we like we in July we did have that reorganization, and I can tell you uh, since then it's it's gone well. Probably the most significant part of that reorg was those four battalion chiefs. Correct. And those four battalion chiefs, we still have the original four uh, still with us that were made in July of twenty. All four of them do a great job. Mm -hmm. They're out in the community, do inspections every morning. They've always have a phone on them if someone from the public needs to talk to a chief officer 24-7-365 and at emergency scenes. Just to have that command presence early on at the very beginning sure. of the incident, I, I can't tell you um, whether it's a, a, an incident, a fire, a, a, a car accident, or that there's a weather uh, uh, emergency going on in the town where mm -hmm. we have a lot of runs going on at the same time. Sure. That uh, battalion chief rank really takes control um, at any time mm -hmm. and early on too. And it's really made a big difference uh, for our efficiency. It yeah, really has. Not just from the efficiency, but I think even from a personnel perspective, you touted before, and I believe now with the experience, you can add to that as well, that the people now coming in, yeah. and again, they're still firefighter paramedics. That's part of the Franklin choice, which Correct. is good. It's proved itself. It has. But they have a path. If they choose to stay through that, they know what their road is in order to move up. And based on what I've seen reporting, even just in the last three years, there are 
clearly people are stepping aside because they're retiring or they get an opportunity somewhere else. And yes, you've got a pipeline. You've got a succession planning process going within the department. We do. We have a roadmap. We um, part of that was getting out of civil service when we right. did that reorganization, and now we have our own study materials. So now when they're studying for lieutenant, captain, battalion chief, they're studying uh, materials that are pertinent to Franklin pertinent to the Franklin Fire Department. Mm-hmm. And um, we have we feel like we have more control of that. And um, not that the civil service, civil service didn't work in its time, but we feel like we have a better handle on that. And we had our first testing cycle last summer since mm-hmm. we got out of civil service, and it went very, very well. Good. Uh, between the source materials, we give them enough time to study. We have assessment centers for the battalion and the deputy chief's ranks. We have a formula. We work very closely with our HR director, Karen Bratt, and it worked pretty much flawless, both mm-hmm. the written, the assessment, um, education experience, the formulas we came up with. So they know it's black and white what they have to do mm-hmm. if they decide they want to uh, be a higher rank, sure. uh, go up the rank. on. And that's great. Like you said, they have, they know what the roadmap is. And now we've even incorporated, as of uh, uh, last month, our EMS battalion chief as well. Right. Um, so we have somewhat uh, that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, chief Blanchard focuses on the EMS side of the house, sure. um, which is uh, certainly within the realm of the fire service, but he specifically deals with the EMS, the ambulances, uh, right. the medications, the billing that we just talked about uh, yep. the other night at the meeting. Sure. So we have a lane th- there also for someone who comes into the service and they're really uh, more interested in the EMS, that may be an, an avenue for them as well. Mm-hmm. So, we, as you said, you have to be a paramedic to come to Franklin. We're keeping that standard. We want to keep it at that level. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're one of the few fire departments where they have, once you get hired here, you have five years to get it, at least your uh, associate's degree. Okay. So we've, we've got those parameters in place. We think that uh, gets us a better product. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to keep those standards uh, at that level for sure going down the road. Yeah, then part of that standards leads us in as well into the training to maintain that piece because yeah. it's like other professional organizations. You've got to get enough credits at certain periods of time, That's et cetera. Right. Right. Um, and then that also leads to, I think, your ISO 1 certification, which... Right. At the time we talked three years ago, he had just gotten to two. Yes, we did. And now you've made it into the top, which, if I recall, was what, one of nine in yeah, Massachusetts? Right. 15 in New England. It was yeah. 15 in New England. That's um, quite an accomplishment. It really is. And and we did it quickly, too. And because um, we became a class two, like we just earlier said, March 1st of 20. Mm-hmm. And then we asked them to come back because a lot happened within those two you years. We made enough significant changes. We did. We, did. We, we made some good changes. In the, but the most important thing was the training. Right. Uh, we really, um, we uh, between our deputy chiefs and uh, one of our battalion chiefs, Tom Colucci, they really took it on. We have a very aggressive training program. Mm-hmm. Aside from the medics that have to do their required medic training, that's separate right. and aside. But on the fire side, um, Chief Colucci, uh, along with the deputies, have set up monthly trainings that we're all doing the same thing. Right. And um, um, there's been incredible buy-in from the rank and file. Mm-hmm. We go to the Milford. We do the live burns. I think you know about I've, them. I've seen those. Uh, some right. of the counselors right. and other yes. dignitaries have been invited yes. to go. Certainly. And, yeah. um, we do that. We're going to continue to do that. But monthly, we do something within uh, a, a certain uh, activity certain skill uh, that we do mm-hmm. and we monitor that we make sure we uh, document that very important when the ISO right. does, co- does come in for the audit and they've done a phenomenal job like I said um, the training's been great they make it great it's not non-punitive mm-hmm. it's learning it's a good learning atmosphere and like I said there's been great buy-in 
from all the men and the women of the department. I think mm -hmm. that's what's made it successful. It's not a punitive action. It's something right. that they actually embrace. And I think with the shift hour change, it yeah. gives you that time to actually do that kind of yes, it does. much easier than the old shift schedule you had. That's right. Absolutely. And um, and it, it, that's going great. And, um, you know, the other thing we mentioned last time was the, uh, the grants. Uh, but that was a, a pretty important priority when I came on board in July. We put we've assembled a, a, a few firefighters that volunteer the time basically mm -hmm. to help out with the administrative staff, and secure uh, funds uh, both at uh, federal level through FEMA, state level with mm -hmm. FEMA, um, some of the private stakeholders that are out there. We're sure. very fortunate. We've gotten very generous donations from local banks. Yes. But to date, uh, as of July of 19 till now, um, we've actually brought in this group has actually brought in. Um, one just one million four hundred forty nine thousand dollars, and if you add the fifty thousand from these banks, local banks that have given us, we're at right now we're at the one point five million dollar mark for our money for training for equipment that uh, doesn't have to be uh, spent by the local taxpayer. Sure. And, uh, and I just am so proud of that. Yeah. They're proud that they're coming in here in two thousand twenty two. You just don't hear this all the time. But uh, I put out a notification every beginning of the year who would like to help out uh, for the calendar year mm -hmm. with these grants. And I've always got six to eight firefighters that come mm -hmm. in, and they all take a piece of the uh, piece yeah. of the puzzle, and we put it together. We do a good product. And obviously something's working with the numbers that the we got. The proof's in the pudding, exactly. clearly. Yeah, yes. you're, you're, you're getting the awareness of what's available. Yes. You're building those and building the reputation with some of the repeat grantors, uh, grantees, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and then building that experience in terms of having done at least one grant in some time. And I've heard kind of all the war stories that grants can be hard because it's documentation, it's, it's proper language, right. telling your story so that they fully understand, well, this is what the money's going to do. Right, exactly. They, we've got our newest round of the AFG grants is due tomorrow, the 10th. Mm -hmm. And they don't give you a big window. No. And... Um, they haven't even finished last year's awards yet. We just got a last year award a couple of weeks ago with the portable radios. We got a six hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. Then now we don't have to go to Capitol next year and get the third and fourth round of portables that we would have had to do. Sure. Um, we we did that regionally with Norfolk. Uh, we collaborated with the Norfolk yep. Fire Department, but they'd give you a short window of four to five weeks. So everyone's taking just a piece of the of the of the of the whole grant. Mm -hmm. um, different sections, sure. and they're putting a lot of time into it. And anybody can put a grant in, but we want to put in a quality one. And they've done a phenomenal job, and it's uh, it's great. It's really it's offsetting the cost of the town, and it's really um, it's good for morale. I think it's really good that this equipment that they see rolling in, that they've had a part in it themselves. Yep. So it's a yep. good feeling. It really Definitely. is. Definitely. It's a yeah. self-fulfilling process. Yes. You just keep, you're winning, keep going. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and then the next crews are going to come back and say, well, if they did that, we want to do this. Yeah, firefighters tend to be very competitive. A little competitive. A little competitive. I've been told I'm a little competitive, too. And if someone around in the next town gets something bigger than us, we don't take that lightly. So, uh -huh. it, it was, so uh -huh. it, it, we want to keep our edge, that's for sure. Sure, so, sure. Um, equipment, we've, you know, I can't say enough what we've gotten well, with let, equipment. Let's spend some time on that yes. because for the listeners, I think last time we talked a little bit about it, yeah. but to the extent that w the town at least is coordinating, you've got a cycle in terms of funding. So they set aside a stabilization for X amount per year for mm -hmm. a firefighter truck replacement. Correct. And if I recall, it was, what, 21 or early 22, you had an opportunity for a deal. So... 
you kind of pulled ahead, but you got two trucks. We did. At a cheaper cost because they were available, we could get them, et cetera. We did. That also helps the process. It does. So, and, 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 and even at that point, so those trucks were put in in July of 21. That was a little bit ahead of the, what the, the supply chain issues was starting. Just starting, And it right. just so happened that there was two trucks that we found out were just about three months away, mm-hmm. early in 21. And they said these trucks would be ready by uh, June or July. And um, I bring it to the town administrator, and uh, town administrator always listens. Mm-hmm. And I present him with the information. Right. Very fortunate in that regard, and yes. I mean it. He uh, listens to uh, lay out the whole plan, and he uh, gave me the green light to present it in front of the council, mm-hmm. uh, the town council, um, Chairman Mercer, the FinCom, sure. Chairman Conley. Yep. They've always been very supportive, but they want to know what the plan is. They want to know the, right. the particulars, just sure. like with the ladder truck the other night. Yep. Um, we're going to go in. We. Make sure we do our homework on why we think this might be the best option. Mm-hmm. And we're so fortunate that we have people in this town that listen to us. And um, we've been very fortunate in getting this equipment standing well, ahead of the curve. From my observational perspective, and mm-hmm. I've been to a bunch of meetings, some people will come with a presentation and attempt to answer some questions, but you don't mm-hmm. always have all the questions answered. In some cases, you can't always anticipate no. what the question's going to be. But I think, to your credit, the tower presentation was the most complete in terms of answering the 90, 95% of the questions that yeah. you you had them in the dock in yeah. terms of covering this aspect, covering that aspect. Uh, I would certainly encourage, as I have, I think, in other recordings, particularly with either Jamie or uh, Tom, if people haven't seen that presentation, to look at it. Because just the one factor that we had, I think you quoted 70 buildings, four-story or more, right. With more coming, Correct. that in itself right. says we need the tower because of what it can do right. for and us. And that's residential. Then you get the commercial factor Then you as get well. the commercial factor. it's about 50 more that sure. we figured on top of that. Deputy Barberi did a great job with that presentation. It's a complete team effort. The fire service is a team effort. Mm-hmm. Um, Deputy Barberi took the lead on that presentation that night. And just earlier that night at Capitol, Deputy Klitsch took care of the Capitol piece. Right. So we're, we're all uh, working together, and they do a great job. We work good, great as a team. And um, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, mm-hmm. but the support's incredible. We right. appreciate it. Yep. So back to the cycle, if you will. So yep. you bought the two new trucks. You have a period where those are going to be live, and then there's a period where they come offline, if you will, but right. they're still in service. So if something does happen to the live one, That's correct. you can have a backfill so you're not lost. That's right. And you want to inter- incorporate that with the tower when the new tower truck comes. Exactly. So we have two reserve engines. So those two frontline engines are 21s. We have two reserve reserve engines, one being a 2013. So um, now with the ladder truck, we'll have that will come in hopefully in the um, spring of 25. Two to three years, we'll have whatever. That reserve yeah. lad- we'll have that bench, uh, that ladder truck here, hopefully to be uh, in the, if we need that, mm-hmm. um, uh, if need be. Sure. Uh, which I think, as I mentioned the other night, uh, was the way to go, and they seem to agree with me at that point. So now we're on that cycle, that seven-year cycle that the town, um, town administrator set up. So it's a 2013 truck we set up that will be good to go for seven or eight years mm-hmm. to re- resume that cycle. Sure. The ambulances are a little quicker rotation. Right. Uh, they just, they, they're on the road constantly. They're yeah. on the road constantly, but uh, we have a plan for that as well. Mm-hmm. And we're fortunate that the uh, to transport revenue helps offset the cost for that for and the vehicle. that's for the part ambulance. of why you do the analysis and then do the adjustments and have been doing the adjustments that's more right. frequently we now. Do because... manually. We look at it manually now. So now with the run count going up, we just this past calendar year is the first calendar year, 22, 
that we got over 5,000 runs. That's the mm-hmm. first time ever. About half of those runs are transports. Right. Um, that we're actually, go, it's an EMS call that we're transporting someone to the hospital. Right. So that revenue is, as I mentioned the other night, is steadily going up. So with the call volume going up, um, good report writing, uh, mm-hmm. we do good QA, QI internally. And um, those, those, and with the annual increase um, that we're doing, those three factors are keeping that uh, rate going up. But again, we stay right in the middle of our vendor, the top 50. In terms of comparison. We stay right in the yeah. middle. We're not the highest, we're no. not the lowest, but right. um, we stay right in the middle. And that's yeah. where um, we, do, we think that's a good fit for us mm-hmm. right now. So Yeah. And on the volume side, I know a few years ago, and I think we even talked about it, um, consideration, I think you've got the two live vehicles in yes. terms of ambulance. Yes. You do have a third position. So if something happens, somebody can at least utilize that equipment to go. Right. At some point in time, it's been discussed potentially bringing a third live. That obviously requires additional staffing, it additional does. funding, et cetera. It does. Are we starting to get into the numbers where that's going to become more of a reality? Wait, so we, more of a need? we're always monitoring uh, mutual aid runs. They keep going up every year. It was mm-hmm. 244 last and year. It was like maybe 100 something before. A couple of years before, there was before. no 180. So we do, with the, so we have two reserve ambulances, but one of them, the one at headquarters, is completely stocked. Correct. So if we needed to get that truck in service, one of two things we could do is one, we could do a recall where when we have an incident, we do a general recall with a couple of firefighters get back. We can sure. put that truck in service right away. Right. Or we could have the staff. We have our EMS chief now that's working during business hours. Okay. And sometimes, depending on vacations, um, we might have an extra personnel on the shift that day. And if we do have that extra personnel on that shift, we assign that person to headquarters. Okay. So if we do have uh, a need for a third run mm-hmm. and the EMS chief is there right now and we have that other person, we can put them together. It could be an option for us. Sure. And, and the peak hours show that most of our mutual aid runs are from 7A to 5P Monday through Friday. Right. Not to say it's always the case, but no. that's where the peak no. hours are. It's sure. a start for us. Yeah. I think the third ambulance is, gonna, uh, is on our radar screen. Yeah. And I think we're in our growing pains right now. So sure. we're trying to think outside the box. What's the way we can be most effective getting that third truck on the road in the most cost-effective way yeah. related to staffing? And you know, in mutual aid, we're not just talking about recouping that money. We're getting that vehicle to someone's house who's in need. That's really yeah. the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great to not rely on another department right. that's taking the transport money, but really we want our medics on the scene. Well, yeah. the other piece I think regards to that is ultimately the response time. Yes. Because even if you get somebody from outside, it's going to be some minute or two or more. That's correct. In addition to what that's normally correct. would have been that's available correct. here. But sometimes if the ambulances are at the hospital, we do have engi- engine companies here, and they right. are all medics, yep. and they do have medical because equipment. Of that choice. That's correct. correct. So they would respond to that yes. call mm-hmm. if they're in service, initiate care yes. until that other vehicle came from out of town. Right. And we would use that to transport yeah. them. But I just if, want people to understand that when they see a fire truck, They've also got the same qualified personnel on board. Yes. And they have a lot of the basic equipment as well as yeah. the ambulance. And does. I think at one point while we're at it, we might as well reinforce that. Because yeah. for those listening, I've heard from time to time, why is there always two trucks? Yes. <laughs> well, and to that point, if it's an emergency, you don't necessarily know exactly what the emergency is. That's and correct. from what I understand from prior, and you can clarify and elaborate, the other individuals are also qualified as well, but then they can help kind of secure the scene, Ab- assist, and let 
the primary care really be delivered. You're absolutely right. And, and a lot of times the engine company will get there before the ambulance. Sometimes they're closer to the residents. Right. But they do both get there at the same time. It could be some simply someone uh, that fell down on the second and third floor. Mm-hmm. Just getting them down that stairwell, you want to have somebody that uh, uh, has the back of the person that's got on the foot of the stretcher. Sure. Yeah. yeah, It's really the safe way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have family members. Sometimes family members are, are very... Um, you know, it's an it's an emotional it's an emotional, it's, response. It's, it's emotional sure. response, and the police are fantastic with helping us yes. out in that regard. But sometimes, if the police aren't there, just having the personnel to, to keep the family in check while the medics are doing their job, things that people don't think about every day. But having that personnel there, if they don't need them, they can always go back. Okay? Right. I'd rather be have that ample um, manpower there at the beginning to make sure we're good to go. And a lot of times, you only go by the information that the call taker gives you. Right. They may think someone just simply passed out. Yeah. But in reality, it could have been a heart attack or a stroke or something right. barely right. significant. So once we get there, we can determine exactly what we have. Right. Um, you can, you that's don't where the training comes in. They do the triage, figure right. out what they really right. need. But it is a very common question that for my whole career has been asked for, from all along. I still hear it. Yes. And I know it's been mentioned a yes. few times in the meetings. Yep. Well, this is why, et cetera. It's but understandable. It's an understandable it, question. It's, it's yeah. good to reinforce that yes. this is really where the story is yeah. coming from. Yeah. Um, I know we had participated, and I think we mentioned uh, last time because we had just done that, the... Uh, hazard mitigation plan. We had a joint meeting with Bellingham, which was kind of the first regional effort at that time. Yes. Uh, the mitigation plan, I believe, went through and it, aspects of that may be coming up because it's been, what, three years now already? So That's right. And, and I thought that was a real great exercise. We did it at the, the Black Box, I believe. We yes. did it there. And we yep. did it with, and it was really nice because they integrated, they had different tables. I believe you were there. And they I integrated was, the Bellingham and us all together. And we got to... National Grid. Uh, and, we were all working yep. together. We weren't on our own table. No. We were integrated amongst everybody. And uh, the planning department for Franklin, and uh, they did a great job putting that together, and it really uh, tries to highlight what the vulnerabilities are in the town, Mm -hmm. and um, we're going to act upon that now. We're working right now on our, it's called the CAMP, the Comprehensive Emergency Management Plan. The last plan was done for the town around 2012, to the best of my knowledge, so we're in the final phase right now of um, putting that together. Mm-hmm. And um, that will have to get, I believe that it needs to be adopted by the town council. So we'll work with MEMA right now on the final pieces. Right. We are going to incorporate people like yourself, um, Franklin TV. Um, one thing we found out that how we can get to the public if we have an emergency. Communications. Communications. Right. Um, there might be some, some new avenues <laughs> we haven't looked at yet. Mm-hmm. And um, we get together as an emergency management group, we get together two or three times a year. Right. All the department heads get together, uh, the utility companies get here, we have dean representatives here. We have all kinds of people here, we update our contact information, right. and we have we just talk things out. And mm-hmm. um, we show them the EOC at fire headquarters if we had to stand up over Emergency a, Operations Center. Emergency Operations Center, Center right. Some people don't gotcha. necessarily gotcha. follow the acronyms. <laughs> Absolutely. I apologize. And, and we set up right there. So if something long-term and catastrophic happened, we um, we would work out of there. And a lot of times we like to have the National Grid representative right there with sure. us. But if there was a um, person like yourself or from Franklin TV, we're going to start looking at those routes right now. Of, of getting the information out to the public. Mm-hmm. And um, 
We have it's it, we have a uh, it's called Web EOC. So we actually um, through the computers at the headquarters, we're actually able to log in with a statewide EOC. And okay. if we had to make any resource requests at the state or federal level, to use that's how else. we would do that. Sure. And we all of our battalion chiefs, even some of our captains now, are trained up on that. So if we had a long term event, we'll have a bench. We'll have people kind of stagger the ships, stagger it to come in. There might mm -hmm. be some people from. I think there's one gentleman from DPW. There may be some from other departments mm -hmm. that are trained in that as well. Sure. Actually, the police department as well. Right. Um, but it's good to get together. Um, people change. New department heads, uh, new secondary right. contacts. Sure. And now we, we saw a gap with uh, getting the communication out, and I mm -hmm. think that's something we're going to work on right now going forward. And, yeah. Um, and then for reference as well, while you're wearing the chief or EMA director, EMA the director the formal for, the town. Time, for the town. You're correct. So if there was weather, climate, or disaster, or whatever, correct. You're the lead pulling the resources together. Right. And I would be the liaison to, and we'd go directly to MEMA with the, at the state right. level. We uh, yeah. go directly with them, but you know, just having everybody together means a lot. Yes. Everyone in the same room. We're even uh, repurposing our old dispatch rooms. Um, since we went to the MAC a few years ago, Correct. we're repurposing that room right now so we can set up another conference room with the TVs. So if we wanted to bring the council in, if we wanted to bring the school department, wanted to have their own separation, mm -hmm. we can have them have access to the same technology, right. but they may want that separation uh, for discussions or what have you. It could so, be a separate breakout room to exactly. drill down on an yeah. aspect of whatever's going exactly. on. Exactly. So we're working on our mm -hmm. reconfiguring that right now. So we sure. generator there. So. If it's a long-term event, I mean, everyone thinks of these events as uh, natural events, but we also got to be ready for uh, a man-made event. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate the gas today, these that days. Had, yeah, exactly. You just have to be ready. What they just dealt with, they did a phenomenal job at the hospital earlier this week. Right. Um, but we just have to be prepared, and I think the big part of a, a large-scale incident, if it happens in a hometown, is all the key stakeholders being on the same page. Mm -hmm. And that's why we like to have these meetings two or three times a year, yep. just so we have some good coordination. So right. that's the value of it. Yeah, and yeah. then all that planning will pay off yes. in the time when you don't have time to bring somebody up to speed. Yep. You just You want to be muscle together. memory when something happens, correct. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So get a good group. We have, it's a group of about 40 people we'll probably have in that group. So it's going to be growing. It's going to be growing very shortly. <laughs> yeah. it, it, if it takes a village to yes. help somebody, yeah. it takes the village yeah. to truly help somebody yeah. at a time. So, yeah, yeah yep. it makes a whole lot of sense because there are so many different aspects of anything that you want. Yeah. 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 And um, I brought a brochure by that uh, we had Lily Rivera help mm -hmm. us out with. So, you know, um, hiring, I think uh, it's such an important thing to, uh, I think the success of any organization is on board and uh, good candidates coming on board. And I think we've been really successful up to this point. Um, we do require, like we said, the medic, that they have to be a mm -hmm. medic even to come on board. Right. Five years on, they have to get their uh, degrees. Uh, they, they We've got master's degrees, bachelor's degrees now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we can train. We feel we can train anybody to be a firefighter or a medic. Um, but it's a good good work ethic, uh, a good um, a, a person that uh, will be very respectful to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, be very uh, has a lot of pride in their work. That's what we're looking for, and we can work with the people at that. We. Uh, with our SAFE program, we have the senior project. We go to Franklin High School. I think one thing we're going to try differently this year to our SAFE team uh, is go to the junior high school level. We Ooh. thought that maybe the high school level is great, but mm -hmm. let's plant the seed for these young boys and sure. girls in town at an earlier age. Yep. And um, 
We just went out to Dean College last week. We had uh, our EMS chief go out there and meet up with the uh, paramedic class that's going on. Okay. We just want to let them know we're here. Yep. If they have any questions, that this might be a, mm-hmm. a possibility for them. Sure. And we work hard with the HR department. But we've been very fortunate that we're getting a lot of um, interest. We get a lot of people that are interested in coming on the department. And I think that's a, just a testament to the town. I think, the, the, the like we talked about earlier, the support that the town has toward the fire department and public safety um, is incredible. And really the community, the Mm -hmm. community is very supportive of public safety here. And I think there's um, the new generation of firefighters, they see that promotional track that you talked about. They see the equipment that the town's investing in, Mm -hmm. um, that um, it's just a a real ideal place to work. And I think it's reflective because I know there's departments that are having trouble getting firefighters, uh, recruiting firefighters. So if we need to always keep on top of things, keep our level high, and I, by doing the things that we're doing, a lot of training, I think that's going to attract the firefighters that we want to be, mm-hmm. that want to come on board. Yeah. So it's, it's working out really well. Yeah. Really well. I was going to ask what's next, but I think you've got enough going that you're just trying to keep tabs of everything that's going yeah, on. Are, <laughs> that, that's plenty of what's next, we are, we, do, we, do, we are repurposing a truck, we, uh, a heavy rescue truck. So we are getting some equipment, some technical rescue equipment, some hazmat equipment. We even go and get, get some divers now that might be on some neighboring diving teams. And we just want to get our folks more um, trained up well with tech rescue, with hazmat. Mm -hmm. We have county teams that respond to the town. Sure. If there's a hazmat incident, a a tech rescue, a ditch. We want to make sure our folks, when they first get there, are properly trained and have some of the basic equipment Mm -hmm. to do the right thing initially because it's usually a half an hour before these specialized teams get out. Right. So we've got some uh, good new hires that came on board that are really up on this stuff. And we're training a lot of that internally, and we're getting some equipment. Mm-hmm. So we do the right thing. If we, we call these incidents low occurrence, right. high-risk incidents. Don't happen every day, but when they do happen, it's we really... just want to make sure that our folks are properly prepared sure. to do the right thing early on, because yep. that's when things can go bad. Absolutely. So yeah. so uh, that's what we're working on right now. Yeah, that's part absolutely. of our new project. You've, so. you've, you've got plenty going there, <laughs> and I think you referenced in that, and I think I've seen it in, particularly in kind of when the promotions come along. Yeah. You've got a number of folks who are trainers in a number of other programs, which we helps both your internal training it as does. well as the visibility and overall, We do. hey, that Franklin guy trained us, et cetera, et cetera. So. We have multiple members that are at the Mass Fire Academy as instructors, and mm-hmm. we have other members, like I just mentioned, that are on these specialized teams as well and, sure. and teach in that regard. We have a lot of talented people here, and you're absolutely right. We can do a lot internally mm-hmm. where a lot of other departments have to rely on instructors from the outside yep. to do that training. We actually have it right in-house, and that's a big advantage that we have, yeah. and it's a good point. Real good point. Well, thank you for taking time. Um, it's been three years. I don't think it'll take <laughs> another three years. Knock on wood, we won't have something that'll <laughs> no. think that we're jinxing each other no. for this. <laughs> I hope not. But it was re- it was it was nice to reflect. It, it was like I said in the onset. It was good to reflect what's happened in the last three years and. It's been a complete team effort, and uh, I'm so proud of the men and women of the Franklin Fire Department, the work they've done. Uh, they do a great job. They really they do. do. Yep. So thank you for taking time. We'll acknowledge that. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. And a re- quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening.
For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.